Let me tell you about uh, AMAC. If, uh, if you are looking for, if you're over 50 and you're looking for uh, some discounts on some things, insurance discounts, travel benefits, yada, 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 all the benefits of AMAC are great. But I want to talk to you about uh, AMAC and their advocacy. AMAC members responded to a recent call to action uh, and sold out an election integrity uh, uh, summit being held to train poll watchers and election workers in advance uh, of the gubernatorial election in Virginia. Uh, They're now being called on for California uh, as well. We are want we want to keep a close close eye on the polls these are the kinds of things that amac does they will get you trained up they'll get you ready to go and you can stand guard and watch the polls these people are amazing they are standing for the things that we believe in it's amac.us slash beck join them now amac.us slash beck i'm a member Two and a half million people are members. You need to join. Let your voice be heard. amac.us slash Beck. America, we got to get right to it. There's a lot to do today. A lot to do today. DHS has come out with another warning. Uh, We're looking at domestic terrorism. It is even more critical now. In fact, head of DHS said, this is the most dangerous period he has ever seen in America. Wow. I'm going to give you the full details on that later on the program. Also, an update on inflation. Fauci, again, an attack on me is an attack on science. Really, Mr. Science God? Does Zeus know about this? And we begin, of course, with the uh, Rittenhouse trial. (sighs) Wow. There are two Americas. And I'm happy to say I'm not in the America that Jeffrey Tubin is in. We begin there in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. There is a reason why uh, we go to experts on things when we want something done. And, uh, you know, you can always question the experts. At least you can at realestateagentsitrust.com. In fact, we encourage you to question the experts. When it comes to buying or selling a home, you need somebody who really knows what they're doing. Do you know what they're for instance, their website traffic is. It's important to have somebody with real website traffic and a marketing campaign that is already going. Not a marketing campaign just for you, but a marketing campaign for houses that they represent. Is that a well-trafficked website? Because if so, you're going to cut down the time it takes to sell your house. All right. There's lots of questions that you should be asking these experts. We've asked most of them for you and we've, you know, narrowed them down. Usually there's one in your area that we think this one really gets it and has a really good track record. 
and is the right person to help you buy or sell a home. Realestateagentsitrust.com. This is my company. It's a free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Wow. Okay. So, Kyle Rittenhouse, let me tell you how this thing ends, in my opinion. Mistrial. Uh, I think uh, I think yesterday, um, all everything that could be said about this trial, I'm skipping to the end because there's a lot in between, but let me skip to the end. Um, all you need to hear is cut 10, please. Why would you think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury. You are already, you were, I, I was a, astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law, it's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. And it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I don't know what you're up to. He goes on and on. It's several times the judge yesterday read him the riot act, the prosecutor, and said to the prosecutor, one more time and we're done here. And I think the prosecutor is going for a mistrial. Intentionally. Intentionally. So it's not on him. Right. It's like the idea that you're down you know, 48 to seven in a football game in the third quarter and you try to get the game canceled. So you have to start over later. Correct. Right. Uh, and I, so I think he's absolutely going for a mistrial here uh, because there's no way for a win. No way for a win. Now, um, the defense said dismissal. We, we are with calling, prejudice. Yeah. yeah. Meaning they cannot come back because right. the idea when a when a prosecution tries to blow a trial intentionally the idea is they're so far behind, they know they're going to lose, and in a normal mistrial, they just get to start over. Yes. So, but if the judge senses they're doing it intentionally, they can say, they can dismiss it with prejudice and say, you, we do not have another opportunity here. You don't get another chance at the plate. So, what they're going to do is they're going to blame it on the judge and say, the prosecution was trying to do their job, and this crazy zealot judge. Now, here's where they have the crazy zealot judge thing to use, the, the media. Yesterday, during the trial, a phone went off. They say that it was the judge's phone, but they don't know for sure whose phone it was. But everybody in the, on the uh, mainstream media were immediately saying, oh my gosh, the judge He's got a ringtone on his phone, which is God bless the USA. Okay. Uh, all right. I mean, since when is it a crime to say God bless the USA? When is it? When it? When should a judge well, have that kind of point of view of like I'm proud of my country? When should a judge? A judge should not have should not like the nation. Exactly right. Like, right. I guess or it's the, laws or yeah. it's constitution. And of course, it's consistent with the left because they don't like it. Correct. So they are Correct. annoyed when others do. Correct. They, and you know, they think you're an idiot. Yeah. And they think that you're in the. Uh, now, I mean. Again, yeah. this is generalizing. Not everybody yeah. on that side is like that. But I mean, you know, that they, they immediately went, as they do with all things, to Donald Trump, who apparently played this at rallies. It's like, I, I don't. The song's been every around. president every since president. it came out has played that oh song. Oh, my gosh. Every rally, every patriotic event, every July 4th, everything, every all the time. 
Uh, Lee Greenwood is 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 still cashing in on that. On Lee that Greenwood is probably sick of it at this point. Yeah. He's like, geez, can we stop with this song all the time? All right. So um, they went on the attack immediately. We're going to get into the uh, trial here in uh, in just a second. Uh, we have a guest uh, that we're going to bring on who has been watching this whole thing. He's an attorney. and He's going to tell us what what he thinks of each. And we're going to go through some of the. Uh, some of the audio clips from the trial yesterday, but here's here's Jeffrey Tubin on on the trial. All right, here is Jeffrey Tubin. What kind of idiot, seventeen-year-old, gets a giant gun and goes to a riot? He has Stop. no license. What kind of idiot, a fifty-eight-year-old man who grabs his gun? <laughs> I just want to say, Jeffrey, really, you shouldn't be calling people idiots. This is the problem with the Tubin thing. Even if you think, all right, the guy made a mistake and uh, it was bad, but he didn't intentionally mean to do it in front of anyone else, blah, blah, blah. He can't do this job anymore. He can't. Every single one of his comments on any other story, everyone's just going to constantly mock him for any similarity to his own story. And it's one of those things you just can't get out of your head. What kind of idiot? He's also making gestures with his hands. Yeah, no, I know. Where, where he's got his thumb and his forefinger oh, no. together and he's shaking his hands and it's like, don't do it, man. What are you doing? This guy should not be on television anymore. He has no credibility. No credibility. Uh, you know, even if you feel like he shouldn't lose his job, there's just no way. For, he you Give him a job somewhere else, not near food. Something else. <laughs> <laughs> Something else inside the company. Something I don't where know. he doesn't have to use his hands. Yeah. Please. Okay. Please. Work it's from just... home uh, and no right. Zoom calls, <laughs> right. obviously. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that's bad. Okay. We're gonna go to um, uh, we're gonna go to um, a guest here in just a second. Um, a, a guy who really has watched this from start to finish, and I think gonna give some really good. Um, um, commentary on it in just a second we're going to take you through the trial from yesterday that's coming up in just a second also do we have the live lincoln memorial audio this has never been done before that we think specialist robert edward blair this is the tunnel to towers foundation they are holding an event on the steps of the lincoln memorial and they are reading the 7,000 names of military members who died in response to the 9-11 uh, tragedy. First class, this is the first time Robert. they think this has ever been done. They're standing in front of the Lincoln uh, Memorial. Later on the show, we're going to be talking to the chairman and CEO, uh, Frank Siller. He's uh, He has some good news about what they are doing to help our veterans today. Um, veterans Day. Thank you, veterans, for everything that you've done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And happy birthday, by the way, yesterday to our Marine Corps. All right, back in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about Relief Factor. We have a, uh, we have a, a great listener that listens to us, believe it or not, in California. Megan is her name. She's in her mid-30s. She was in a horrible car accident, left her with shooting pains down her neck and her back. Uh, and it got to be so bad that her chiropractor, and she was going to the chiropractor and the acupuncturist six times a week. Nothing was working for her better than that. 
She heard about Relief Factor, decided to give it a try, and within two days, she says, her pain began to subside. Within a few weeks, she was back to normal. No more trips to the chiropractor. No more sticking needles in your ears. Megan considers her discovery of Relief Factor to be nothing short of a miracle, and it shows. Megan, I have been where you are, not from a car accident or anything like that. I mean, I don't want to relate my pain to yours, but... Uh, I have been in pain where I just couldn't take it anymore, and I got so desperate I was willing to try anything, and I tried Relief Factor, and it works. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more, just like me, just like Megan. Order the three-week quick start to see if it works for you. Only $19.95. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. 10-second station ID. Is Nick on with us? Is Nick on with us? Not yet. We have uh, Nick uh, Riketa on from Riketa Law. That is the he's on YouTube and he's got his podcast. And uh, I have not heard him, but we have several fans uh, of the podcast on the uh, program. And he is good at breaking things down in common sense. Nick is with us now. Hi, Nick. How are you? Howdy, Glenn. I'm great. That's How are you? Very good. Great to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so my pleasure. Let's get your reaction. I've got several things to play for you, and I think you have the list, so you can you can call these things out on the things you want to comment on. Um, but also, I'd like to hear just your. Have you ever seen anything like this trial before? Ever? No. It's it's wild, Glenn. Uh, you know. I went into this trial expecting um, kind of a standard approach by the prosecutor and, and the defense. And we've seen just some weird plays by both of them, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, the prosecutor is blowing my mind here because he opened up kind of strong with a decent opening statement. But as the days went on, it, you could see his narrative crumble. And I think the, the big problem for him is that he has to know that the facts on this are on the side of Kyle Rittenhouse. And they always have been. So, I mean, he is the guy who decides whether or not this moves forward. Was it all just political or mob pressure? Uh, I think the political environment plays a big part, a big part in why this this case was brought. But to give Binger a little bit, Binger being the the lead prosecutor on the case, he is an assistant district attorney. So this is delegated down um, from the district attorney of the county. But he I mean, he can refuse it. He can make some recommendations. He can look at this and say, "Uh, hey, boss, you know, I don't know if this is the best case to be bringing we might just get raked over the coals here so nick do you believe he he knew going in we've got a really weak case do you do you think that he knew on cross-examination they would be like no i think he feared for his life because i was pointing a gun at him i mean did he know that his own witnesses would take his case apart i i think he did to some degree you you have to right uh We've watched the we've watched the videos. And when these videos first came out, you know, I looked at them personally and I said, that looks that looks a lot like self-defense. Mm-hmm. That looks like a really good case of self-defense. And then when you read the complaint that they filed and you realize that they're they're 
the the first part of the complaint was written based on the eyewitness account of Richie McGinnis, who works for uh, Daily Caller. And you read it, and it's like, it, this looks like this was written by a defense attorney making a self-defense case. And then we're all just baffled at why, why would you bring this? Because you're going to have to call Richie McGinnis. You're going to have to call Ryan Balch. You're going to have to call these guys who are out there uh, either on Kyle's side or politically disposed to him. And their narrative of the case screams self-defense. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm blown away by it. Um, let, me, let me ask you, to the other, I think, big thing on the other side is calling Rittenhouse to testify I mean, everybody right. thinks that he was way ahead. You you don't usually do that when you're ahead. Why did do you think the defense call him as a witness, and how do you think he did? Well, I, first, I agree. You, you typically don't want to call someone uh, a defendant to the stand. They have a Fifth Amendment right not to be called. Uh, you can't force them to go. If they want to go up, they can force themselves onto the stand. Their attorney can't stop them. I don't know if this was Kyle's decision or, or the attorney Mark Richards' decision, um, but the, the one mitigating circumstance really is in a case where you're, affirming self, you're, you're making an affirmative defense of self-defense because you may have to testify to some facts about uh, your state of mind or things that maybe only you saw. Mm-hmm. But in this case... We have so much from all of the other witnesses that basically just on uh, just based on the prosecution's witnesses alone, you've made the elements of self-defense pretty clear through the evidence that's already there. So it was uh, it was a big gamble to put him on the stand. Overall, I think he did well. I, I let me change that. Sorry. I think he did exceptionally well yeah. being an 18 year old kid. Uh, grilled by an attorney for several hours. Um, how did I, the? How do you think I, with a jury did the the crying play? Because you know, I heard a lot. Everybody on the left is saying that it was fake. It did not seem fake to me. He seemed like he seemed like uh, you know somebody who just found out their parents had died. I mean, he he seemed uh, genuine to me. Do you think the jury I've felt had, that uh, way? I I think. Their preconceptions are going to play pretty heavy into how they how they felt, but it, it was hard to watch that section of his testimony. And and I I agree, it did not look fake at all. It's it's hard to fake the sort of hyperventilative yes uh, reaction that he had. And uh, some of the people on our panel um, were suggesting that it looks a lot like post traumatic stress. You know, this oh, big time through. Uh, you could see it, and, and, and it built up over several minutes before he actually broke down. So if if he faked it, I mean, Hollywood needs to hire this kid immediately. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't think it was fake at all. Um, and I, for the first time, at least my reaction was, this kid's gone through hell. And it's one thing... It's one thing to think about what the media has put him through and everything else. But for the first time, I really felt the fear that he felt and the the uh, effect after the event that it still plays on him of being surrounded by a crowd. All of them saying, get him, kill him. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've talked to some people 
um, that have had some closer ties to this case, uh, attorney Robert Barnes, who has also been on uh, the panel as we've been watching uh, along. And, and he suggested, you know, Kyle, for his for the first couple of weeks as he's in jail, you know, he's he's having vomiting issues. He's he's clearly uh, did not do well with this incident. And who would right? you're being chased oh, yeah. by a maniac uh, amidst a riot. He's screaming at you, trying to take your gun. And uh, that, that came through on the testimony, I think, as well. You, you can hear him. He tried to take my gun. I didn't want to kill him. How, why did he try to take my gun? I, I just wanted to get away. Here's a play cut uh, six here. Here he is. I never wanted to shoot him. Listen. If I would have let Mr. Rosenbaum get my gun, he would have killed me. But you had already pointed your gun at him. Yes, because he was chasing me. Did you want him to think that you were going to shoot him? No, I never wanted to shoot Mr. Rosenbaum. Why'd you point it at him if you didn't have any intention of shooting? He was chasing me. I was alone. He threatened to kill me earlier in that night. I didn't want to have to shoot him. But you understand how dangerous it is to point a gun at someone, don't you? I pointed at him because he kept running at me and I didn't want him to chase me. This is an amazing thing because, uh, you know, if you've taken any classes on shooting, you never point a gun to some at somebody unless you intend on shooting and killing them. However, I've always found that to be counterintuitive because if you don't want to shoot somebody, you do want to show them that you might, you know, you want them to feel like he could shoot me. He's willing to do it. And so you're like, back off, put the gun up, back off. And uh, this prosecutor is, is, I guess, just trying to make everybody believe that you would never point. It's unreasonable to point a gun without shooting. Yeah. And, and they, you know, they, they train that way in uh, carry classes and self-defense classes because you have to be prepared to pull the trigger. Correct. But most people don't want to ever pull the trigger. I mean, that, one, even if you're a cold, uh, you know, just ra- rationale based person, you're going to say, if I pull this trigger, I'm going to have to go through what Kyle's going through. Correct. And, and that would be very inconvenient. For, for a sociopathic point of view, that's what you've got. But, but most people, you know, they don't, they don't ever fathom themselves killing someone. And so the, the typical response is, you know, you have the display of the gun either in a holster or you reach right. for it. Then you brandish, and, and that is the threat. So uh, let, I, I want to you know, back off. I have to take a break here. But when we come back, I want to talk about how many times he didn't shoot people Um, As soon as they put their hands up, he didn't shoot. And what that means to the jury. This is the Glenn Beck program. You've worked hard for what you have. So it makes sense that you wouldn't want somebody to come along and take it from you. Unfortunately, in in an age where everything is online, the chances that something like that could happen are exponentially higher. Cyber criminals invite in invent new ways Uh, to separate you from your identity and your stuff every single day. And LifeLock is there to help fight back. You have to understand cybercrime and identity theft. It will affect your life. Every day we put our information at risk, our children's information at risk on the Internet. Well, LifeLock is there to detect a wide range of identity threats. Not everything. nobody Nobody can catch everything. 
if they do see something, they will send you alert. Now, here is the best. Here's the best part, I think. If something does go wrong, if they alert you to something and something's then they are there with a dedicated restoration specialist to help you fix it. So join now. Save 25% off the uh, year subscription with the promo code BECK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Promo code BECK, 25% off, lifelock.com. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Fauci lied. 25 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Nick Ricada is a uh, Minnesota lawyer turned YouTube commentator. Uh, he and his wife have five children. They homeschool their kids. God bless him. He's a staunch advocate for free speech and our rights protected by the Constitution. And he says it's our duty to buck the establishment media and build better independent content, more voices, more freedom, more truth. It's a pleasure to have you on, uh, Nick. Thank you so much. We're talking um, about the um, uh, the Rittenhouse trial. And before we went to break, I said that at least I felt there was multiple, multiple times that Rittenhouse credibly said, well, no, I. I didn't shoot him at that point because he wasn't threatening me and has hands up or he was, you know, they backed off, which I thought showed that he was not out just to kill people. He was only shooting at people who were a threat to him. Yeah, Glenn, that's uh, I mean, it's a great point. It's a. Uh ironically a point the prosecution has made several times throughout the case right. uh, pointing out <laughs> pointing out all these times that this kid showed remarkable restraint um and and even with the the very first encounter with joseph rosenbaum uh who has thrown a bag at him um and the the prosecution is trying really hard to make sure you know there there was definitely nothing deadly in the bag as if kyle would know this at this point, and right. as if that actually matters, um, he's he's thrown a bag at him. He's running full speed. Kyle turns around uh, with the gun, and and Rosenbaum kind of almost takes a, a little bit of a pause. He, he stutter steps, uh, but then he he proceeds on. Kyle, instead of just shooting, which he may have even been justified in doing at that point, he turns around and runs uh, until he can run no further, and Rosenbaum has caught up to him, and that's at the point when he shoots. It, it was remarkable restraint. Right, and he said even when he was surrounded by the crowd and some of them were advancing, he held up his gun, and if they put their hands up and stopped, he didn't shoot. I mean, it shows that he was thinking all the way through, which you know he talked about almost tunnel vision at the end, uh, that guy was under incredible stress, and yet he was still functioning, uh, you know, and and uh, doing the right thing. Uh, Nick, I, there, was, right, there was a back and forth I, I wanted to get your thoughts on, because I didn't even understand sure. a couple times where the prosecution was even going with some of these lines of questioning. At one point, they ask Rittenhouse, do you think the protesters were hostile to you? And he says, no, they generally weren't. Then he said, why did you bring your gun then? And he said, well, I mean, I wanted to protect myself in case someone was going to attack me. And then they'd follow up. Well, why did you think they were going to attack you specifically? 
And he would say, I don't, I didn't think they were going to attack me specifically, but I wanted to be uh, protected. Well, well, then why did you bring your gun if you didn't think that they were going to protect you or attack you specifically? And it's like, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to get into a car accident every day, but I still get car insurance in case. I think, I think they were trying to get Rittenhouse, a 17, 18 year old kid to go, well, because I was white. I think they mm. were trying to get him to say something to that they race. could turn race into that. I could be wrong, Nick. Well, uh, I, I think there's a couple angles here. And, and one of them, it goes back to the bad facts for the prosecution. I, I think you might be uh, the, the race thing could be in there for sure. Just general politicizing, polarizing statements yeah. uh, would would maybe prejudice Kyle in the eyes of some of the jury members. From a legal perspective, what they're trying, and, and you have to put yourself in the mind of a dishonest person. Uh, <laughs> thank God I'm a lawyer and can do this. But um, <laughs> you, have to, you have to be able to, to do this under Wisconsin self-defense law. And uh, generally speaking, this is kind of a rule in self-defense. But if you provoke the encounter uh, and use that as an excuse to use self-defense, right. then it'll defeat your ability to to invoke that. So what I think Binger is trying to do here is get Kyle to say, I knew the crowd was hostile, and then paint the narrative that he wanted to go out there knowing they would attack him, so he's got the gun, he's walking around, and that this somehow invo- invokes the provocation that would defeat his self-defense claim. Typically, provocation requires an act rather than just a presence with a gun. But Binger is trying to paint that. And I think we're going to see him try and use that in his closing argument uh, to say, you know, he was out there provoking. He put out fires. He was providing medical aid and, and, and other people didn't want that. It, it's a ludicrous position, uh, but I think that's where he's going with it. So mm. how has the judge been? Because I, I actually like him. I think he's been uh, very no-nonsense. The left hates him if you're looking at political and and not necessarily if you're looking for social justice and not actual justice you don't like this guy which is which is right is he a hard ass that just has a you know a point of view or is he really towing the line on the law he's uh, he's been pretty fair and consistent um, and, and for me, uh, when I think about a judge, what I want is someone who is fair and consistent. You know, even, even if they're consistently bad, um, in this case, I think this judge is phenomenal. Um, he's going to the actual uh, statutes. He's, he's pulled out commentary books and read them to make sure he gets his rulings right. This guy is being very, very careful on his, on his rulings and how he manages his courtroom. And if anybody thinks he's being uh, biased in a particular way, it's because uh, the attorney on that side has been acting in a particularly egregious manner. Um, I think you played a clip right at the beginning of the show where the judge was dressing down yeah. Binger for flagrantly violating Kyle's constitutional rights. Which one and um, how? And, uh, the, his Fifth Amendment right to not speak. Uh, one of the first things Binger did when he got uh, Kyle on cross-examination is that he, he stood up and said, you know, you, you had the opportunity to speak before this. And that is a huge no. Every prosecutor knows wow. you cannot go down this line because you cannot draw any inference from a person exercising their constitutional right 
to remain silent. And and him trying to elicit that in front of the jury bordered on having the case thrown out immediately. And the he also tried to introduce things that the judge said he couldn't introduce, right? Right. They had some mo- pre-trial motions. They're called motions in limine. And uh, they they excluded the um, these two incidents that Kyle was involved in prior to the event and one meeting at a, a bar that Kyle um, was photographed at after the event. The, the latter one, because it has no relevance on what Kyle's state of mind was at the time, because it was four months later. Um, the other two on similar grounds, um, but the judge didn't want those two acts, which are not directly related to prejudice the jury's opinion of Kyle. And he ruled that they could not bring them in. Now, the prosecutor claims that he thought that they had opened the door to that with other testimony. And the judge said, I've ruled on this. If you wanted to bring it up, you needed to come to me and ask the court for permission before trying to prejudice him in front in front of the jury. So how does this end, Nick? Um, Well, there's there's two ways. Uh, You know, it can either go all the way to the the jury decision um, or. Uh, the judge can make a ruling on the case. Uh, the defense is in the process of filing a motion to uh, dismiss and or a motion for a mistrial uh, and asking for a dismissal with prejudice. I believe they will also file a motion to dismiss at the close of the case based on the fact that the the prosecution simply hasn't made the case um, for any of the any of the major charges. Um, so if the judge rules on it and dismisses it with prejudice, it's gone. It's done. Kyle cannot be brought back into court for these charges. If the jury goes, they can either uh, render one of basically one of three verdicts. You've either got not guilty, which is a unanimous decision, or you've got uh, guilty, which is unanimous, or you have a mix of votes, which will result in a mistrial. And in that case, theoretically, the state could bring the charges back against them. So if he is if the judge dismisses it, it's done. But can't they dismiss it with prejudice? Can't he call for a mistrial with prejudice? Yes, yes. And that's that's what they're that's what they're gunning for. And it's based on that constitutional violation. And they've got some good stuff on the record. The judge said to uh, Binger, he says, when you said you brought this in good faith, I don't believe you. And Mm, bad finding of bad faith is one of the prongs of the, the test to have a dismissal with prejudice under Wisconsin law in criminal court. Um, if you were the judge, how would you rule? What would you do? I would have dismissed this case already. Um, and certainly uh, would have, would be the, the constitutional violations to me, if, if they don't merit dismissal, they merit sanctions for uh for binger i mean this is something again every prosecutor knows this they know you can't do this and and he did it in um flagrant violation of the court and then he tried to weasel his way out of it oh judge i'm so sorry right i didn't mean it in this oh it his tone was so grating (laughs) Um, (laughs) okay i can't have an attorney on that uh is in minnesota and not ask hey how's keith ellison working out for you guys Oh, he's just a joy, man. <laughs> what a nightmare. What a nightmare he has been. Then yeah, we'll, well, uh, we'll leave it at that. 
Oh, go ahead, sir. Uh, no, no, no. That's good. <laughs> Nick, I'd love to have you on again. Thank you so much uh, for uh, coming on and, uh, and, and all that you do. You have big fans here at the studios. Oh, thank you, guys. It's, uh, you, you have a big fan here, actually. So oh. you're pioneering with Blaze TV. Um, you know, it, it was one of the inspirations for me venturing out on my own to, to start a show as well. Ah, so. Good for you. Well, we should talk sometime. Uh, good, good, to, good to talk to you, Nick. Thank you so much. That is, uh, thank you, Glenn. Have a good one. You bet. That's uh, Nick Ruketa. Uh, he is a, uh, now a YouTube commentator, uh, and he gets you know, fellow attorneys and other people on just to comment on these live trials. And uh, they're they're quite entertaining, quite entertaining. Uh, all right. Back in just a minute. First, let me tell you about Goldline. The economy is uh, is down right now. You know what that means? Gold is up. Inflation is way up, which means gold goes up. It's a hedge against inflation. I've said it's a hedge against insanity because really that's that's why I have purchased uh, gold and silver is because the world goes in when it goes insane, it eventually resets itself and it has to go back to the gold standard. There's a reason why the best of the best is called the gold standard, because that's where it always resets. That's the standard for sane economic conditions. So I want you to call Goldline now and see if gold or silver is right for you. They're offering up to 6% free metals included with an IRA qualifying self-directed, sorry, any qualified uh, self-directed IRA acquisition. You can call today, find out how to use a portion of your IRA, 401k or other retirement vehicles to acquire physical precious metals. And this week only, just for completing the application for a self-directed IRA, Goldline will give you for free one of their branded one-ounce silver bars. Don't wait. Inventory is extremely limited. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Casey Lynn Casanova. It's Veterans Day. Private First Class. Jose Casanova Jr. Sergeant First Class. Virgil Ray Case. Sergeant Nicholas Uh, Anthony Casey. This morning, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is holding an event on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. They are reading the over 7,000 names of military members who died in the response to Uh, 9-11. To their understanding and mine, it's the first time this has ever been done. It's going to take hours and hours to do it. Uh, A little later on the program, we're going to be talking to the chairman and CEO uh, of the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which is a fantastic foundation, builds homes for veterans. It's really great. But we wanted to spend some time today uh, recognizing Memorial Day and those who fought and have died for our freedom and the freedom of others. Great people and at the Tunnel really Towers good, Foundation. Really good awesome. people. It's an awesome really organization. It is. Um, before we uh, go, the, t- the, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, I think, has, has highlighted so many massive problems with our country. Uh, and it, the reaction is really interesting. And a lot of times mm-hmm. we talk about how, look, people are the same. And sometimes people on both sides have these same issues. This one's a little different, though. Right now, also going on is the Ahmad Arbery case. And I have, I don't think I've seen one conservative out there saying, you know what? These guys were justified in shooting him out Arbery. 
It seems very much to me that conservatives look at the cases based on their merits and yes. make decisions yes. based on the legal uh, details of mm-hmm. what's going on. Where yeah, it's, it's, it's like with George Floyd. I don't know a single person that didn't say that was wrong. Yeah. That was disgusting. You, they might not like George Floyd, but right. like you, th- all that of shouldn't us, have we were in lockstep right. on the first day. Exa- exactly. And it's like you look at what the left is doing is when the Rittenhouse thing happened within minutes, they had come up with a narrative that Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist who went there to kill black people. Now, of course, he only shot white people, including, you know, child molesters. Um, But it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter about those details. It doesn't matter how much we can know. The fact that we have everything on video, the fact that we have prosecution witnesses confirming the story of Kyle Rittenhouse, the fact that we can all look at all of the details and it is blatantly clear to anyone who is honest and observing it that he was defending himself in those moments but they locked into this narrative at the very beginning and they will do anything including saying well the judge had a patriotic song as his ringtone they will do anything so they do not have to abandon that dumb ill-informed position they took in minute one this is a massive problem for our country i think tucker said it right when he said (laughs) But he said about the child molester uh, that yeah. Rittenhouse shot. Uh, he went out the way he lived his life. Oh wait, you got, he Go died. Here, I have the quote here. Uh, he died. Joseph Rosenbaum died as he had lived, trying to touch an unwilling minor. <laughs> that is an unbelievably great line. Back in just a second. <laughs> this is the Glenn Beck program.